1: Welcome to Rex Sykes' Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And i will provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My um, guest today is Mr. Patrick Girardi. He's a sound designer, re-recorded mixer, and he's going to be joining us in just a moment to talk about projects he's working on and about sound design and, and recording and mixing and post-supervision and, and all of that. So stay tuned. If you're listening live, the chat room is now open. You can join us in the chat room. If you're listening to this archive, because all of these interviews, these conversations I have with professional filmmakers are recorded live and then archived, and they're recorded archived at rexikes.com. That's my name. I'm your host. It's the official URL for Rexikes Movie Beat. It's dot com. If you're listening for the first time, uh, we welcome you live or archived. Uh, You go to rexikes.com. You hit the interviews blog, and you scroll through the interviews, and you find the guest whose name you want to listen to. You click on that link, and in the biography page is a link that will say to listen live or upcoming. Uh, and if neither of that is there, it just as to listen, then it's a recorded show. All right. Now, what you can do for us, because a uh, movie that's really designed to be a, a resource for you—that's uh, why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen, so they can share secrets, tips, advice, how to, what to do, what not to do, so that you can make your projects easier, faster, less expensively, and so that you can advance your career and uh, and succeed in the business that you're passionate about. All we ask you to do is share these URLs, share these interviews, tweet about them, uh, Facebook them, use your favorite social media means to uh, spread the word near and far to your friends and other industry filmmakers and connections so that they too can learn about Rex Sykes Movie Beat and benefit from the information imparted by my professional guests. Um, because it's about sharing that expertise with you. And the other thing you can do is if you join us in the chat room live. If you don't join us in the chat room and you're listening to an archive show, either way you can you can leave comments right there under the player. So go ahead and leave a comment about my guest about the show, about the information that you acquired uh, during the show that day. Uh, you can tweet it. You can Facebook that as well. And these are also stored as podcasts at the iTunes stores. There's over 300 hours of recordings there for you to listen to download to your favorite electronic device, and to rate and review. Whenever you rate, review, or leave comments, it it enhances our uh, presence on the Internet. It enhances our presence in the iTunes stories. It makes us more popular, easier to find. Hence, other people can come and uh, find out about us. All right. Well, I'm very pleased. Let me tell you about my guest, Mr. Patrick Girardi. He's a pioneer in using digital workstation in sound, editing, and mixing films. He's a well-established sound supervisory recording mixer in the film industry with over 330 film credits to his name. Now, that's old news, 330. He's got many more since, since that was written. I know that. From music engineer to sound editor, he started work as a freelance dialogue editor. He quickly became renowned for his professionalism and knowledge of digital technology. In 1991, a state-of-the-art post-production facility in Culver City hired Patrick and from editor uh I'm sorry this is a typo in the in the text but um he, uh, within, he became, within a couple of years became a recording mixer using the top digital equipment uh that was then available he's nominated and won the MPSE awards for such shows as Tales from the Crypt, Xena Warrior Princess and many others sometime in ni- sometime in 1994 uh while mixing now and then produced by Demi Moore uh, the studio was upgraded to a new digital editing system, which also allowed sound mixing within a software called Pro Tools. And from that day on, the possibilities became endless, and Patrick never went back to using analog outboard gear and tradi- traditional mixing consoles. Uh, so help me now welcome Mr. Patrick Girardi. Patrick, how are you today?
0: Good morning, Rex. How are you doing? I'm good.
1: I'm good. I'm reading the bio, and I suddenly realized that in the bio, there's like a half a sentence missing. So I apologize uh, about that. But uh well, I guess
0: we'll, we'll have to revise that.
1: We'll have to point. have to update it too. Yes, with all the the new credits and things, because mm-hmm. I know that from the time you first appeared on the show to the time that uh, is now, uh, you've been very busy, and have um, every time I've talked with you either uh on the phone or 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 by email or something you've got new projects that you're working on so um uh we'll like to find out about some of those
0: well i've been very fortunate that uh, one project brings another and uh and so on so it goes up and down but when when i'm busy i'm very busy and 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 i'm very thankful for it um well to add to the long list of credits uh, I can tell you, I just finished a, a few very interesting projects. One cool. which came on theater, um, which was called Sound of My Voice.
1: Sound of My Voice. Uh,
0: it, Sound of My Voice. And we'll, we, we'll talk about it because that movie was a very challenging movie to work on. It's not a typical Hollywood movie to start with. And... and um, it required a fair amount of detailed work on the dialogue to make it sound uh, nice and, and crispy and, and inviting to people. We wanted to set the attention of the people into the film, so it had to be done with the, the voice of the, the actress in the film. And then um, right after that, I finished uh, two Coleman pictures, um, Roger Coleman being one of my big clients, uh, one was called, uh, and don't laugh, uh, Attack of the 50-foot Cheerleader, um, which <laughs> I'm was sorry, a very epic. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everybody does. I love it. And then um, another one, a sci-fi movie, which premiered two weekends ago, uh, called Pianaconda, directed by my friend Jim Winowski. Oh, very so these cool. These are the last three projects.
1: Well that's very cool. Well let's start let's start with the sound of my voice. And by the way, uh websites, uh can you uh, have a website that you can share with uh, the Yeah, listeners? my
0: uh, my website is uh, virtualmix.com. It's the name of my company which I've had for probably 10 years now, maybe a little more. Mhm. And uh that's where I keep pictures and and uh mainly pictures and you know what what I sell as for my services and then i I stopped posting uh my resume there. I just put a link to i m d b and that's where everybody goes to check everybody's credits
1: absolutely absolutely, but
0: Sound of my voice um some of my voice is a movie that was shot a year or two before I got it here in my studio and um it's a movie no I would say yeah year a year and a half um and it's a movie that was just into what we call a temp mix mode, and temp means temporary, uh, um, which means the movie was uh, shot and edited, and they made like a festival mix on it. Uh, whoever did the the sound, the first sound job, and they pre- so the the filmmakers could present the movie in different festivals, and that that's a big thing in movies. Uh, uh, movies are not Fully finished, and they are shopping it around, see how it plays. If there are any potential buyers, Um, so that's called a tent mix or festival mix. And then once the movie is picked up by someone, uh, in this case, this is a Fox Searchlight, a major distributor in America. um, Then we take the movie to into a file mode, and uh, the problem with that movie on the sound, although it was shot on a set. There was a lot of um, ambience in the in the dialogue.
1: There was a lot
0: of what? Ambience. Lots of tones. Yeah, Uh you could hear you could hear the outside on the on the track. You could hear uh, people literally breathing in the room. Um, So we had to clean up all this ambient sound and uh, by using Pro Tools, which is now Avid Audio. use a fair amount of plugins to clean up all that room tone noise to make it sound really, cl- almost claustrophobic. So you're drawn into the movie by the sound of the voice without being distracted by room tones and some other uh, noise from production. Cause that's a, that's something we deal with every day on movies is uh, having clean tracks versus noisier tracks and when they are noisy, obviously we need to clean that up or do ADR, which is replacing the dialogue by bringing the actor back into the studio.
1: So when you get a, a project like this and it's got all this ambient sounds, and do you go? Do you uh, how for the listener? I guess in the easiest layman terms, or in, or in the most technical uh, uh, terms, uh, either way. Uh, how do you go about re- you know removing particular sounds like let's say the breathing do you, are you looking at a frequency then you're trying to trying to replace or how how does how does the the pro tools which you said is now called what did you say audio um
0: i ivid audio, uh, pro avid tools, audio. Design. yeah digital design was bought by avid the uh, okay. video editing system so it's avid audio and avid video um yeah in order to clean up dialogue. It's basically looking for the problems, um, and usually it starts with frequencies that shouldn't be there, like hums and and, um, 120 hertz, um, buzzes, all kind of artifacts that could be in the dialogue. So with EQ, we go in and kind of locate that frequency and then notch it down, and um, that's the first step. And then there are other plugins that are uh, very efficient, like uh, the Wave C4. Uh, it's not dynamite, it's just a multi band compressor. <clears throat> compressor, which allows you to literally attenuate on four different bands, uh, different frequencies, and, and because it, it acts like a noise gate, so when people talk, these, these compressors open up. And let the sound go through, and then when they stop talking, it goes down, back down. So it removes a lot of that room tone unwanted room tone.
1: Wow. Now, in in the case of breathing, for example, let's say uh, five people are in the room and they're all breathing, and somehow the mic picks up all five of them. I mean, they may they may have different, I guess, frequencies that they you know the sound and quality of the person's voice or something or you know whatever. Do you do you do you find like say I, I don't know how to describe this, but one person breathing and then find that frequency and then you ca- could you zap it all at one time or do you have to go through each breath and take it out and then do you do the same for each second third fourth and fifth person or or is it something you kind of hit all at once because they're within a certain range?
0: Well, hopefully you need that breathing because it's you cannot really. Locate a frequency and remove breathing like that. Right. Okay. Um, it's what's happening in a movie. Uh, you have usually one boom mic and a few one at least, if not more, lavalier mics.
1: Right. Uh,
0: so depending on how the scene is edited, uh, you're going to use the boom or the lav if the lav is clean, and that's where you can uh, switch from track to track, from actor one to actor two to actor three. Uh, by selecting the right microphone, um, but yeah, breathing is not one frequency.
1: <laughs> right. So, but so you're reducing the frequ- You're reducing the breathiness that's coming through, probably from the lavalier on each actor. Is, is what you're talking about. Yeah, we definitely like, need like to. I, like you and I, are, you and I are. Tra- I'm sorry, you and I are talking right now, and I'm breathing while you're talking. So if I'm miked and you're mic'd uh, while you're speaking, you might be hearing me breathing yes okay
0: but because it's part of the scene it may be okay to have it in mm-hmm. or when they shot the movie uh they they do my angle and you're not too close to the scene or as an actor actually this is where it comes down to um making a movie is a teamwork and it starts with the actors respecting the other actor's space and when i say that i mean um, if someone is talking, everybody's quiet. So you're not breathing, you're not saying anything, you're not overlapping my lines. Uh, and that's how, that's where sound starts. It's on the set. If you have a good production mixer who can capture the right uh, sound and you have actors who understand sound, then we don't overlap each other. We don't breathe over each other. Uh, sometimes we don't have a choice if it's like a somebody's two people are running and they stop and they it's a it's a two shot so you have two actors within one frame and they overlap each other. So here it's normal you have to do that. But when you're doing two close ups face you cut to one actor and then you cut to the other actor, that's where uh one actor should not overlap the actor on that is on camera. So it's a, it's a lot of little technical things. Right. People should be aware, starting with the actor, and then the way the movie is edited, all the way to the audio post-production.
1: So you know, I I I misspoke when I used the breathing example in terms of the frequencies, but there are frequencies like you know a refrigerator you could unplug, or you know air conditionings may go on and off, or heaters, or you you could even have lights or something that are humming in the background. Again, the question then is you take out each frequency as as you can, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. If uh, you're on a set and the fridge cannot be unplugged, it is a a steady frequency that can be attenuated, if not completely eliminated. It all depends on how loud it is. Um, And what I would recommend if there are some production mixers listening is to record room tones uh, because that can help... Us in post-production to analyze the room tone of the particular location, and go have some plugins analyze that sound, and then we can um, create a filter uh, with convolution uh, reverbs or convolution filters, that, or EQs, and basically they analyze the frequencies, and then and then we can apply it on a on a sound and 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 reverse that frequency so it goes away.
1: Now, you hear a lot of stuff, Patrick, you know, you hear people, you know, jokingly, you know, that that we can fix it in post. And obviously (laughs) there are are things you can fix in post, and there are other things that, that, you know, are best um, done right the first time or on the set. You know, whether that means using sound blankets when people are walking or taking off their shoes or unplugging the refrigerators and things like that um, to get the the clearest sound. What happens if... um, and, and I don't know quite how to ask the question, but what happens if there's a frequency that is very close to an actor's voice that's being recorded? So this, you got, you got a, that when you bring in the, you, you go, okay, ADR time?
0: I I like production, so I will definitely try to do everything I can to save production. Um, we can fix it at post, yes. We can, or, uh-huh. or to a point. But I, I try not to use that term,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Because it's too easy to say, "Oh, we'll fix it in post." Um, if you can capture the right sound on the set, uh, it, it's adding so much to your the quality of your film, the emotion, uh, just the, the sound of the location is built in the the sound of the voice. Um, uh, it's all the ingredients will make it that particular scene uh, or movie from A to Z uh, much better versus a movie that is all re- uh has too much ADR. ADR is great. It gives a second chance for the actors who can recapture their emotion um, to maybe improve and elevate uh, the, the scene. But it's, it's still, the production has this little... Human uh, imperfections uh, built in that are not easy to, easily reproduced in ADR.
1: Uh, uh, I, as an actor, uh, abhor <laughs> ADR. I mean, it 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 really is up to the people who uh, whether they're they're good at getting the actor back in and helping the actor recreate the scene, or whether they, uh, you know, are just not that professional about it, and and end up recording sound that doesn't seem to fit the the picture anymore. And uh, but yes, a really some, good good specialist.
0: Some actors like, are definitely good at ADR, others are not. Um, yeah, I won't say any name. I've worked with both. Um, but some actors can nail it right away. You know, take a, two or three takes, but which is normal. And they can recapture the emotion, and some other actors kind of redo themselves
1: <laughs> right 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 it is amazing so um between the two uh, again I guess with the question if if is there ever an issue like there's the, uh, some hum or there's something that's very close to the to the to the the someone speaking i mean do you, are there ever sounds besides you know overlapping or or you know incidental noises are there is there ever any kind of background stuff that's just kind of on there that interferes with the voices in a in a way that you can't separate them out
0: um, yeah I mean, like well, the, tr- one of, the big one is like the when you use the live the live microphone on an actor and this microphone is muffled or okay. uh has some clothing noise on it. Because the microphone is not well placed, or it moved in the, in, in the wrong direction, or uh, sure. um, under the the clothing and stuff. So these are noises we cannot really clean up.
1: And, and that's and, when you would have. That's that's when you would then ADR. I mean, I, you know, if they didn't catch it on the set, you'd have to you'd have to re-record.
0: Yeah. If if there is no way to save it, either instead of using the lab, use the boom, or a different take if it's if it matches the sync. Uh, then we com- we do it we we cue it for ADR and the actor comes back. Some of my voice was actually a challenge for me. I spent about two weeks cleaning up the dialogue and pre-mixing it because we didn't want to do ADR and it was extremely challenging uh, to do this movie um, to save the production. And in-, in some scenes, especially the one in the coffee shop with the two actors at the table there was a lot of noise from the outside for some reasons um, and the director said no uh, we, we did, I queued it for ADR and we tried ADR and some lines the emotion was not there like production so I just went back in with my pencil and, and digitally removed some of the noise and made it better uh, and in many instances and that's one of them it's better to stay with Dirty production, although cleaned up from its original, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, um, the the way it was originally. But it's better to keep the production, although it's noisy, than trying to put ADR, which is very clean, but it sounds out of place.
1: It's that spaghetti western kind of quality.
0: Yeah, very very, uh, studio-like.
1: The, yeah, the Asian. It was like the Asian, um, the Chinese uh, martial arts movies that you know I would watch back 20 years ago or whatever, where the not only did the voices of the English speaking actors not, you know, sound um, like the person you're looking at, they also were always like way louder <laughs> than anything else. They, they just didn't seem like it had any place in what in what you were watching.
0: Yeah, they, they don't blend in with the, the the soundtrack, and it's perfect example that you mentioned. They just say the line, but there was no breathing, no presence, no, no real life in there. It's just line after line after line, and obviously the sync will never match. I was raised watching dubbed movies. Uh, they were dubbed in French from their original languages, so... You get used to the sink. You don't look at it anymore. You just get, you know, you're used to it. But the 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 sound of the voice is really re, way too clean. Once you, especially for the breathing, the presence, the little emotions, just the presence of the room is built in the dialogue of the production versus ADR which has
1: none. The um one of the things I think that you said that's fascinating is I never, I mean, it registers with me so unconsciously that I, I guess I never watch a movie and unless the person intentionally gasps, do I think about their breathing during their talking? But but in fact they are, you know. I mean, you know, it, it uh it's an interesting. Um, Issue because you know you you know your your world there is, is the sound and, and what we hear or what we don't hear you know that makes the movie uh, experience for us and yet all these little things and I know that that sometimes actors too can be they can be doing a whole lot with their mouth and sounds you know clicks and pops and sucking and and uh, gasps and and breathiness and things that uh, that can be a nightmare for. Uh, recording or for cleaning up at the end or for ADR if you're trying to rematch that kind of thing?
0: Oh yeah, the little nuances are are extremely important for the to, to keep the life of a movie uh, alive and ADR is definitely not the, the right answer. I like to go when I do ADR, I like to, if there's a problem on the line, like a mic bump, something simple, I definitely like to keep production and then Switch to a d r for that particular word or a couple of words and then switch back to production right away, so I do a quick uh, flip flop there so the ear doesn't have time to realize was that a d r or and and you keep production as long as possible in and out so it keeps it doesn't make it sound like a d r yeah
1: that's, that's
0: that, a, that yeah a digital ahead, surgery Eddie. I do that a lot.
1: Uh that's very cool. Um what uh what are some of the probably the the simplest tips and suggestions that you can give uh filmmakers out there who are exploring some some are well financed and others aren't so well financed but who are you know who who are dealing with hiring you know sound people both uh, on set and post uh what kind of tips or advice or suggestions can you give them? Uh, about what they should know or should appreciate uh, when making that selection in hiring, uh, w- what are they going to want to have? What's critical for them? Because I know lots um, of people. Think, lots of people think anybody can hold a boom, and that is so not right.
0: <laughs> uh, no, it's not. I've done it on Pianaconda, and it was not an easy job.
1: <clears throat>
0: uh, I think the the main key in sound, production sound especially, is to know your equipment. Uh, if you know your equipment, it's like almost like music. If you know your instrument, you know what you can do with it. Uh, you cannot just grab a guitar and play. You need to know that guitar. You need to have the right strings on it. You need to have the the right amp so you know what kind of sustained note you can get out of that guitar. Well, production sound, or sound in general probably, is the same way. You need to know your equipment where to place the microphones, using the right microphones, um, um, and then hopefully have a collaboration with the uh, the DP and, and, and the director so they like sound. If you're working with a crew that doesn't care about sound, and it happens a lot, unfortunately, we'll fix it in post kind of attitude, then the sound guy is pushed on the side and he, they do whatever they can to capture the sound. Um, that's not the right way to do a movie, uh, and and then you have other directors like uh, my friend John Patch who, who likes sound, and he's very careful. He does we shoot a shot uh, if there is an airplane by. He, he will wait, or he will grab a lot of wild line on this, right down the set, so we can use it later if need be. Uh, and all it's a matter of liking sound um or not for the for the filmmakers.
1: Um yeah, that's all all very good good strong um suggestions. What what um kind of differences do, let's say do you have from uh you know an interior location to shooting something like, you know, piranha can you know, a can, I can't say it, but uh um, <laughs> you know, so anaconda. Um, you know, outdoors and in the wild. The, uh, you know, you have um, um, interior. You might hear exterior sounds like garbage trucks or you know, traffic or interior noises. So you you're still being affected by the outside. But outside, you got all sorts of other issues. So
0: yeah, well, anaconda is a good example because I wanted. I had a little list of equipment. And uh, the director that called me, Jim, and he said, "Patrick, I kind of get all this, so I'm gonna get you a a boom pole, a microphone, and a cable, and we're gonna connect directly into the red camera. That's basically what I had. And I was like, oh, okay, what am I gonna do with this? And I pulled it off. I went in thinking, okay, I'm gonna be the, doing the post sound, so I'm." I I know what's going to happen at the end. Now I need to retroactive the sound job and and capture the best sound I can with the very extremely limited equipment they're going to give me. Uh, So I ended up with a a Sennheiser 816 and a 416 and a boom pole and a cable and a a pair of headphones. Um, I would say for a good 40% of the movie... I could not hear what I was recording because we were on a study cam and obviously it was extremely difficult to be connected uh, sure. uh, to the camera with headphones on the moving uh, study cam. So I was going with my best judgment to or uh, to point the microphone at the actor who was talking and make sure I was close the closest I could from their uh, face uh, and we had we didn't have a lot of ADR in the film it's an action film so we had some for the action moments but for the most part the sound was, was fine wow. and the only time where the ca- even the cam the red camera didn't like it is when the girls were screaming uh we uh it was clipping the sound cuz i had no uh compressor and uh even the the, the picture itself of that was recorded in the right camera was uh, uh, glitch huh. somehow, so the sound was making the the the, the picture glitch. That's interesting. But when we cut that, we figured, okay, um, we know what to do. And I was when the girls are screaming. The microphone was pointed away from them, knowing that I would redo those screams later in in post production.
1: Do you still, in in a case like that, could you still um record would you still record wild sound on the on the red then just using the camera as the recording device?
0: Oh yeah we did some of that. Um mm-hmm. I, I asked him I said let's record this while so we rolled the camera and I put the microphone uh um uh nearby the actor and they would redo their lines so I had extra lines uh to play with. Especially uh I think it was Michael Madsen. We did that because Michael is a very busy actor. And he's mm-hmm. not always in America, so to have him for ADR, uh, I tried to capture as much as line as possible when I could. Um, but he came in and had a fair amount of ADR himself because of the boat. There was a scene on the boat uh, that was extremely noisy, so we had to redo all that. So th- these are the technical moments in a movie where you have to do ADR. You, there was no choice.
1: So what? Um when when you're working post i mean now you know you know going from the set but when you're working post let's let's go back what are the most common issues that uh face you i mean in other words if if you you know i asked you this before i guess in another way but but uh if you had to tell people uh you know this is what i see all the time you know here's how you remedy it are there are, are there like the top 5 or 10 things that, that points that people can avoid or that people need to do in order to help themselves out
0: uh, yeah what they should and that's a message more for the the, the film editor mm-hmm. when a movie is shot they usually use more than one mic so you have a boom and a few laughs uh, so And it's recorded on, let's say, uh, a sound device with four tracks. And you have up to eight tracks and more, I think. Um, when a film editor cuts the movie, they only use one track. And hopefully it's the right track. Uh, I've had um, situations where the film editor used the, the wrong microphone. So except that one actor that had that mic, everybody else is off mic. And then we have to fix that in post. So I would say we have tools today that allows us to have multi-tracks, especially for video editing. Use all the tracks. Make choices during the editing. Because editing a movie, you're watching the picture, but you're, you're also listening to the sound. And your judgment of editing is based on the sound as well. So... You're watching the movie, and if you're listening to a bad sound, how can you edit properly? Okay, that's my point of view, and I'm not a film editor, but I would say it's connected. So I would say use all the mics and select the right mics. so now you can edit your movie with the right production sound, which will help later for the audio people uh, to, to realize, okay, these are the takes they want. Let's see now how much cleaning we need to do. How much? Um, Any, it's gonna make the movie sound better at the end of the day, to have the good production sound. So it's all connected from the beginning to to video editing, to uh, and then when we do our job in post production. Because if you have good production sound, you may not do some, uh, you may not need to replace some uh, some doors or or do some footsteps, if the production footsteps are good and they are not, they are not talking. That's one thing, too. Production sound just sounds better.
1: Do you... Uh, see, one of the things that annoys me in, in low-budget filmmaking is when I hear people walking on, a like, a wooden floor and they're talking, but the footsteps are so loud that, you know, it's not like they're fully done afterwards. It's that, you know, they recorded them and they were making, you know, like, clomping sounds during their dialogue. Now, I guess if it doesn't you know, obstruct you from hearing what they're saying, then, you know, people go ahead and use it. If it would obstruct it, then you'd have to replace it. But but yeah. that is just something, that's like a pet peeve of mine, you know, where where somebody's walking in and it, it sounds like they've recorded the floor.
0: Yeah, um, it could be that the microphone was a, uh, lower, pointing up at the actors. I would say it's also the production mixer... Uh, that should should be equipped or should tell the, the first AD to have the actors either remove their shoes, especially women on high heels, or um, if you don't see the shoes on the camera, remove the shoes. Or put a piece of carpet or rubber under the, under the shoes. They have special equipment and I know it costs money to, to do all this, but um you know, they have like these rubber things you put under the, the heels on, on women's shoes and things like that. So that really helps. Yeah. Or have them walk on a on a, on a carpet or just remove the shoes. And some actors are conscientious about this and they have their special shoes. I actually had the pleasure to talk to with a few of them. They have special shoes themselves that they bring in. So And they know that if they do, um, they have to walk and they're... they're leather shoes is making noise when you don't see their shoes they're going to swap shoes and it's not going to affect anything besides improving not having noise on their own tracks so some actors are conscientious at that level which is great because uh they probably learned the hard way uh that they had to redo some scenes they didn't want to do because of shoe uh noises and some other noise
1: it's so true so true so so you 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 were recording you were recording mixer on the show, and you did post for the show. So then, so with Anaconda, and well, I may have to interrupt you somewhere down the line for our, our mid station break. But uh, sure. you also did sound design on on Pranaconda. So um, let's talk a bit about that as well in in terms of what what you are now designing and 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 building. Um, you know that wasn't there.
0: Yeah, Pianaconda is a completely CGI character uh, that looks really good. I was very impressed by the work they did. And um, we have to create sounds for this animal. And until you see it, you cannot really imagine what it's going to sound like because you see a picture with nothing on it at first. And then they start sending you uh, a gray-looking animation, um, which is fine to start working. And then when you get the f- closer to the final visual, then you're like, "Wow, oh, okay, so the snake has a head of a panthera and it doesn't drool, or uh, and he, when he growls, he moves his head like a lion." So all these little details now we can see, and obviously we put sound on it uh, on those movements, and 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 they didn't want any snake sound, so there was no hissing on the on that animal, but it has some really deep Growls, because it's a, it's a fairly long snake. It was a big mouth, and so they wanted growls. They wanted movement in it. Um, so I used some lion type of sounds to to uh, to make it uh, gravelly. If I, yeah, to hear that that throat. Although piano, I, I wouldn't have a voice, but um, <laughs> we're, we're making movies, so they we need sounds.
1: That's, that's very cool. That's very cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me take let me take a, a quick uh, station break here, and then uh, we'll come right back and okay. uh, and continue more on this really fascinating discussion about sound. Uh, you're listening to Rex Sykes' movie beat. The official URL is com It's my name, com All of these interviews are stored, recorded, and stored and archived right there at rexsykes.com in the interviews blog. So be sure to go back and listen. Patrick's recorded other interviews with me as well, and uh, so you want to go back and listen to the discussions that we had at earlier times. And all of his interviews are are stored right there on his biography page uh, at rexarchs.com in the interviews blog. So um, whether you're listening live or archived, you can always go and do that. If you listen live, join us in the chat room. If you're listening archived, uh, uh, that's not available to you. But either live or archived, you can always leave comments before you leave listening the show. Uh they're right there underneath the player. Sometimes it's visible while you're uh listening and sometimes uh you have to wait for the player to close down uh before it's visible. That depends on the browser you're using. And so uh but we always do appreciate if you use comment if you'll leave comments and if you'll rate and review the podcast at iTunes. My next guest is gonna be director David Winning. Uh he's uh, prolific in terms of his television and, and movie directing. Uh, he'll be joining us on Thursday, the 28th of June. Then during July, we have hit, hit and miss shows uh, live because we um, I'm traveling. I'm back in Los Angeles and, and uh, working on a variety of projects. So uh, uh, I want you to uh, go back and listen to the archives. Stay tuned to uh, Rex Sykes Movie V. By the way, the new website is being developed. It should launch sometime soon, not sure exactly when. Uh, but, but so there's some changes to story that way. Uh, so stay tuned to Facebook, my profile page, or Rex Hikes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook for upcoming information and upcoming uh, interviews. And um, and also go follow Serum the Movie, this movie I'm directing, um, on Facebook. All right, so we're back with Patrick Girardi, and uh, his website is virtualmix.com. That is virtual mix. Dot com, And uh, we're discussing sound uh, recording and uh, uh, both set recording and post-production sound work. Uh, so, from Piranha-Akanda,
0: Piranha-Akanda, yeah, like yeah. piranha <laughs> um,
1: you know, I'm kind of disappointed with you, Patrick. You didn't call me up and say, I need someone to carry my bag to uh, Kauai. <laughs>
0: Well, if they only gave me one microphone, you know, it would have been hard to argue that. Too.
1: <laughs> they weren't going to pay for a lackey to carry your suitcase, were they? No, yeah. But, um,
0: but that was a great experience because uh, I have to admit, I've I've done production sound before on very small projects just to help friends and uh, just to be on the set to see what was happening. But Can kind that of kind of was my first professional production sound job. So I was um, a little worried at first because I was put in in, in conditions for the first time with very limited equipment, um, thinking, okay, well, I know I'm going to do the post, so whatever happens here, I can save it later. I'll save it in post. Uh, but I didn't want to use that term to uh, because I don't like it and uh so i i really I, every day i was really worried to to do a good job um because i, I thought of all the movies i've worked on all these years i was thinking okay that's what productions makes us go through is the limitations of what what they they can do and i think i was putting a very limited Situation in this case, so I, I thought of them and I thought, okay, it's not an easy job. It's actually very, very hard, and uh, so I had to put it off. And I think I did an okay job, so I'm very happy.
1: Oh, that's very cool, very cool. No, I, I think it's critical. I mean, I think, I mean, I think a lot of people, especially in the low budget world, they and uh, and new to filmmaking, they think, well, if I get the picture and I put some actors in front, you know, and I and I, you know, get somebody to hold a broomstick. Um, I can make a movie, and in fact, they can, but um you know uh, we've discussed this before, and I think everybody uh, you know almost everybody agrees that you know if you can't hear the movie, you don't watch the movie, and so yeah you know th- that that seems to be critical, and what people don't also i think understand in many ways because the um the it's subliminal is is that all of the stuff that goes on sound-wise, from cueing in music or special effects or, or, you know, uh, bringing up background sound or or the the difference in dialogue, all that stuff plays, is what creates that visual experience.
0: Yeah, I think the public, and the unaware public, uh, so when I say that it's the the, the non-technical people, will forgive a... An okay-looking picture when they're watching a movie, but they won't forgive bad sound.
1: No, you want to hear. And,
0: it. You know they want to hear the story. Um, if the sound is missing or badly recorded or not well mixed, or uh, or the music is bad, or it's going to pull pull you out of the movie and you're going to lose
1: interest. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I mean, I like it. To, I, I liken it also to the experience of standing in a hotel and looking out the window at the wind and the surf and the seagulls and the people and everything else, and you can't hear it, or stepping outside and hearing the surf and the wind and the seagulls and the people and the difference in that experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, sound is around us every day, 24 hours a day. Even when you sleep, you hear sound, and that sound goes into your brain and actually may trigger some of your dreams. It happens to me. Uh, you you know a uh, perfect example I can remember uh, is um, you know you're like sleeping in the morning and you, your neighbor's dog is barking and in your dream there is a dog and then you wake up and that that dream come you come out of your dream and that dog is actually present right outside your window.
1: And and so, yeah, I, I bet many of our listeners I've had experiences like that too. So you're absolutely correct. Yes.
0: It's all around this picture. Um, Images you can close your eyes and listen, and you can imagine what's going on but now, plug your ears if you could go down to zero and look around and it's you're gonna feel very weird not to hear sound to what you're looking at
1: well i I think the argument can be made that the the rise in in personal electronic devices that allow people to listen to music while they walk or jog or swim or or you know, sit on a train or whatever they might be doing. That, that the rise in, in in those electronic devices uh, suggests that you know, sound and music is very important to people, or talk radio for that matter, or whatever it might be that they're that they're tuned into. Um, but having said that, nobody wants to hear scratchy, crappy music playing through their headphones.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know we 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 want it clean and crisp and clear and loud and whatever so you know we should, the the filmmaker needs to think that i i i'm i'm real concerned when people start fudging on sound because i i do think that it is the most and i and i know that that you know people there there's people who say you don't have to hear every line you know that that everything doesn't always have to be um loud enough for everyone to hear that that's not the importance in a film i mean sometimes lines are throwaway lines or they're muffled or there's something but that all of the important lines absolutely need to be crisp and clear all the stuff that further the story or character development the things that that are are, that are tantamount to it need to be such that the audience people can that the audience member can follow and know exactly Mm -hmm. what's happening and and so maybe there are times when you intentionally even don't have as good a sound as, as you might in another scene. Um, you can use yeah, that could, for effectively.
0: Exactly. This could be part of, like, the sound design. And when I say sound design, it's more like a, 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 the way the movie is mixed, and it is it is sound design. It's designing the, the soundscape. Because the brain is going to put syllables that you don't hear, like, right in your face the brain will make it a sentence. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. So you may have somebody who says a line, you start it and then it goes down in volume, but you know what that person just said.
1: Right. Um, and we now, do that uh, a lot in movies. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, in, in terms of mixing, I mean, it's not that everything, it's not that you just like boost the volume and all the dialogue and 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 then kind of bring in, I mean, can you talk a little bit about, about maintaining levels and, or changing levels? And I mean, I, uh, I don't know.
0: Well, the, what I can say is there is not only one way to mix a movie. Mm-hmm. There are many ways to mix a movie. Um, it all depends on what message you want to send. It depends of what's in there. If you have a scene, a very busy scene with music and stuff, then you can pick and choose what you want to focus on. Um but um, it's, I'm going to give you an example of David Lynch. Uh, when we were mixing uh, Meliholland Drive, David is not a surround person. At least at the time, he didn't want to hear stuff in the surrounds. Although we were 5.1, because he he, he told me said the story is on the front, so and so the dialogue is very front, uh, ambience is also very front, and I've learned a lot by with working with uh, David on on where the focus point is uh, because his movies are definitely uh, story-oriented and right. um, he doesn't like foley. Uh, the ambience is just there to support a scene, but everything is just almost center, mono. Uh, and then the music is left, right, left, center, right, so that's the focal point it's the front the screen is the story and that's where we should you should be looking and you should not looking you should not turn your head to look at the the surround left speaker because you heard a the sound there it's an effect, like the subwoofer is also an effect it 's to enhance the bottom end it's not really a speaker so these are the differences between certain movies where speakers are being used as speakers versus an effect. To extend the story, which is on the front. So Hollywood, big Hollywood movies, yeah, they use the surrounds and the, 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 the spaceship is arriving from behind you and goes into the sub and it goes in the front. Yeah, that's an effect and it's needed. You need to have the full-on surround experience. But when the story goes on, um, uh, everything around the dialogue and the story should be just wrapping around the dialogue, like a package.
1: You know, that's really, really awesome because uh, you don't want anything to distract you from the screen. You don't want it to pull your attention to look, you know, to the left or right of the theater or, or whip around and, oh, oh that's right, it's not actually there. <laughs> you know. No,
0: um, a movie is a story. To, yeah. Uh, sorry for cutting you off. I guess maybe we no, may no, have that's a little fine. delay. fine. Um, <clears throat> A movie is a story, and the story is being told on the front. The rest is just additional elements to enhance that story. So when I hear, you know, movies that they want to go 7.1, they want to have a speaker now in the middle of the ceiling and things like that, is that going to make a story better? No. If your story is bad, you're going to have a good sound on a bad story. So... It's that's where the I think the line needs to be drawn. It's like okay, uh, how far can we go with sound? Is it, because I see I deal with that very often. That you know, sound is going to save the picture, but it doesn't. It makes it better in a way, but if the the story's bad, you have a bad movie, and and that's it.
1: So well, you're you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, I go back to when I was a kid and i used to turn the tv down and i used to put on a record player and i would play sound effects or i would play you know comedy records to things or i would play circus music to horror movies or i would play uh, horror music to to funny movies and i would do this and i would and it was kind of like then when videotape came along we were able to kind of do things like you know we would have a, a clip from a building falling over and we would like break some glass and so you'd watch this building falling over to broken glass and you know i mean we were Eight ten years old, you know, and then thirteen years old doing this stuff. But it, but what it taught me ultimately was that, in order for that building to sound right, um, we had to keep putting things in there, you know, because the building isn't just breaking glass. So you know, we kept layering. We kept we, we didn't have layering technology at the time. We had to do everything at one time. But but you know, you would then get this thing where you say, well, that's not a bad building, and you understood that somehow the sound that you were putting in had to be built up. Now that was yeah. for a clip on a building but if we had bad video there was nothing we could do to make the video better you know if the story was crappy no matter how many good sounds we put in or funny sounds we put in it didn't change the fact that the the story or the film was crappy So
0: yeah it, it's all connected to so many parameters it's actually hard to to point the the solution I have another example of of good and bad within the same with the same ingredients. If you watch Malholand Drive, uh uh-huh. David Lynch movie, there there there's a scene in the kitchen with two girls acting uh, a very stupid scene. Uh, uh she's rehearsing a scene uh, that is on the script because she's going to an audition. And if you look at that scene, it's it's bad. It's intentionally bad the way they act. Uh And then you see the same scene with the girl and an actor um, when she goes to the audition, the same exact words, well acted. And that scene goes to 1,000% uh, higher in level of quality. So it's Uh it's to tell you that you can take the same elements in two different situations and make it good or bad. Um, and and there is, it's not even a question of sound design, it's just a question of acting in this case and direction. Right, right. Um, so there are so many parameters in the movie that can make it good or bad, uh, starting with the dialogue, starting with the actors, starting with the and, uh, the sound, the sound design, the mixing of it. Uh, and that's why I say you know, there's more than one way to mix a movie, of course. Uh, you can push the dialogue or. Depending on the scene, you can push the ambience or you can push the music and have very little sound. Um, it's all like Sound of My Voice is also a great example where there's not a lot of music and it's all about the voice and all about the breathing and the presence of the people in the room. Uh, I worked on another film, uh, another film that was uh, very good to my taste, By it was called Hard Candy and by David Slade. Um that movie has about ten minutes of music in it. And everything else is about the actors and the dialogue and the way it's edited and just the sounds. Um and it was a, a great film to work on. And another little movie that uh was very well done in many levels.
1: Uh, that's very cool. That, that is very cool. Now um you know I think I think that this has been you know um very fruitful i mean in in terms of sound discussion and and in you know pointing out that that nothing exists in isolation and that that it's all cooperative and collaborative, but it's in service of that story, it's in service of the performance it's in service of getting you know the best uh with what you have you know right the first time on set and then also. You know, to to do what you can in post, and you can do a lot in post. I think for first-time filmmakers, though, that this notion of we can fix it in post, they oftentimes don't realize how costly that can become.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, budgets are not in the independent world; they they are usually fixed. So to fix it in post, uh, uh, it's a tr- it's a little battle to tell the guys, well, you didn't do it right at the beginning, so now we have to fix it. And that may be a little more costly than you think. Just because if you have to ADR a scene, you need to bring the actors back, you need to record it, uh, and obviously cue it, and then it needs to be edited, and then folie, and a lot of Foley has to be redone, maybe some sound effects and ambiences, just to recreate that moment. Uh, and it's still it's gonna work, you know, we make it work. We fix it in post, yes, <laughs> but it's it's a lot of work, and um, it's fine. You know, it it will be nobody will, hopefully, know that it's ADR and we recreated. But why not capture it properly in the first place?
1: It makes perfect sense. Now, Patrick, just so you know, we've got about you know 18 minutes or so left, and. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, it's amazing. Huh? We we um I wanted to ask you about the attack of the fifty foot cheerleaders.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that um,
0: was a great great fun. I got to tell is,
1: you, that, I
0: love these independent films.
1: Uh, so that's your, I, I want to ask you two two one question. It's just an aside question, and, and that is, how does working for Corman's company today compare through the years that you've worked? Is it is it similar to ten years ago, or is it, are there changes in the, in how they approach or
0: well, every company works differently um, on the production side. When they, when I deal with them, Roger Coleman, has been I've been working for Roger for, for uh, probably ten years, and I've done a lot of movies for them. Uh, Roger is a really nice person to deal with, and uh, he knows what he wants. Um, he he tells you exactly <clears throat> how you should approach the movie or the mix or whatever you're doing for him. And then he, let, he lets you do it. He gives me a lot of freedom <clears throat> to work as the director. In this uh, <clears throat> sorry. In case, that was uh, Kevin O'Neill, who did the visual effects as well. And Kevin was a dream to work with. Uh, we had a great relationship. So it goes in circle, you know, me and Kevin, <clears throat> Kevin, Roger, and then back, and then Vikram, uh, with the post supervisor on the, on the film? So, and we have a great relationship. So, there's, a, I'm here to provide a service to them. So, whatever they want, I try to give it to them, and uh, and so far it's working great. And Rogers either sees the movie or not. he may have a few notes here and there, uh, but he's he's actually a, a dream to work with.
1: Uh, very cool. Very cool. He went down so to
0: Hawaii. I- on he was producing Piaaconda. He went. Uh, to was with uh, his wife Julie they, they were on the set uh, feet in the mud it was raining and he was there on the set and uh, I think uh, for his age to do that he's like 85 now I think
1: uh, I was going to say yeah
0: you know it, it's probably what's keep, keeping him alive is to, to be in the film business and to be part of the film not just sitting on the, at, behind a desk
1: oh, that's very cool that's very cool um so, the attack of the 50-foot cheerleader, uh, yep. you are now working with the voices of 50-foot-tall girls.
0: Yeah, the, it's the stories that this girl, uh, um, Casey, keeps growing after injecting herself with some serum. Uh, so we had to make her sound like she was growing, and She goes up to 50 feet, 50 foot, Um, and we couldn't pitch her voice down. That doesn't work, Um, even if we had to ADR her completely, which was not possible. So I had to find a way to make her sound big, and what I did, I used the 5-1 speakers in this case. So her voice keeps getting louder on the left and right, uh, speakers, the dialogue being in the center, but she was getting louder and louder on the left and right, and then adding some reverb in all four, uh, five speakers, left, center, right, and the two surrounds. So they made her sound bigger, and her voice is bouncing on the buildings or outside or inside wherever she is. And actually, I thought it worked fairly fine for, because uh, a, a woman versus a man has a higher pitch voice, and the effect is different, a man would, we can really play with it, especially uh-huh. as a guy with a deep voice, if you have a giant with a deep voice, we can really make it feel like this guy is a giant a Woman doesn't work exactly the same way, so that's why I had to find another trick and uh, I tried different things the pitching down
1: We just dropped uh, Patrick, and hopefully he will call back in, and, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, again, let me remind you that my next guest is Mr. David Winning. He's a director, a prolific director. He's going to be coming up on Thursday, the 28th of June. We're going to talk about his recent projects. He's got a new TV series that uh, is airing that he's uh, working on, as well as many other projects. After that, uh, I've got lots of guests lined up. I'm not going to tell you who they are because I'm not sure when we're going to uh, be uh, uh, having them come on. But uh, you stay tuned to Rexy's Movie Beat, and you'll know just when and and, and who is coming up because they're always great professional guests. And Patrick is back. Hi, Patrick. Hi. Sorry, I
0: have a little discon- okay. disconnection.
1: <laughs> nope, no worries. But, okay. but yeah. again,
0: so the the and the movie's in 3D. Attack of the Fifty Foot Cheerleader, and I think it's premiering at Comic Con in San Diego. I'm not sure they were talking about it.
1: Uh huh. And so, uh, um, do you then? I mean, you're making the girl sound larger. Do you do anything with the the sound of the average sized people or the crowds when she's looking down on them, or if there's POV shots of, uh, you know, from her point of view?
0: Yes, very good question, Rex. Um, yeah, I purposely brought down their dialogue a little lower than I would normally do, so it would make a difference in the sound uh, pressure from between her and the little people. So they sound a little smaller, and she sounds a little bigger, um, and that that really helped uh, to do that. And also the the giant girl. Uh, has heavier forward like the footsteps were recorded and pitched down for more weight uh movement same thing we have slower movement that we pitch down, so she sounds uh thicker, although she would hate to hear that um, but yeah, we had to make it you know everything is bigger, everythings moves slower uh, uh many sh- sh- shots are actually slow motion uh uh-huh. to to give that weight to it.
1: So you have at least, I mean, and I'm just going to be very um, simple here. You've got at least three different kinds of volumes. You would have your normal everyday conversation between uh, regular-sized people. Then you've got your uh, volume and pitching, uh, you know, reverbing with the woman who's now large, and then you've got the tiny people that she looks, you know, down upon. Yeah yeah it's no. all an
0: illusion. it's trying to create a perspective between the three worlds, normal and then when she's big and small
1: yeah see i you know I mean it may seem you know obvious to some people but but I think it's important because I know a lot of filmmakers who who probably wouldn't think to do that. they would just record it and then they would put the sound up I mean you know I know filmmakers who are just starting and filmmakers who are well seasoned so I just I'm just you know going but but uh, when you can and when you can afford it and when you can think about it everything goes to to either enhance or detract from the story you're either i mean I guess that's the way of you know you're either working in service of the story that you're trying to get on the screen or you're not
0: yeah and it's all a co- collaboration um in Europe and some other countries the Sound supervisor, which is called sound designer here, is on the set uh, like a DP for the camera. He's there to to supervise and and make sure that things are being done right because they already you know people have meetings and they say this is what we want to do. Uh, obviously, on indie films, you know, some budgets is limited, but uh, that's where the communication is very important. So when when we get a film, if I was like Conda, I was there during production because I knew what I was going to do in post. Uh, cheerleader is a little different. I was not there during production, so there were some issues in post, and I would have I would have recorded some stuff during the production that I, I could have used. Uh, I had to recreate it afterwards in post production um and it's uh, it's all technical really it's uh, and that's why people you know there's certain field in jobs where you're young you' it's better but in the sound and a picture uh even actors when you get older you're better because you have the experience and that's why I like that craft so you carry if I was there during uh, cheerleader, I would have done certain things different different... uh, I would have had them do things differently on the set and record some wide line. uh, Like uh, when the girls are big, supposedly in the stadium, but it's all green screen, you hear the reverb of the room. Um, And the microphone was very far away from the actresses because there are two cheerleaders at the end. Uh, I would have recorded closer. I would have recorded wild screaming, wild lines, everything. Uh, so we could we didn't have to ADR it later, which came out okay, but same thing, if you can record right the first time, why redo it at the end?
1: There, there are a couple of things that I always try to do if I'm directing or producing, and of course it depends on time, it depends on budget, it depends on who I'm working with and all that kind of stuff, but I always try to make sure that before we leave the the set, that you know, so say two actors are sitting across from each other at a table before they leave those positions. That with the camera not rolling, that we do our wild sound right with them right there. Um, because I know you should from, record, uh-huh. you
0: know, when you do movie, you should record even the rehearsals.
1: Yeah, exactly, In today's
0: age, it's all digital, it's all hard drive, so you right. have no uh, worry about space.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, I, I, I try and make sure that I at least have. You know that I love it—the rehearsals or the uh, the wild side afterwards. I know from experience of, of getting up and leaving, and then trying to come back and say your lines—it's not the same. You know, so I try and do it right on the set or rehearsals. The other thing is, I always try and make sure that I get at least shots of them, you know, from behind whenever I can, over the shoulders or just shots of the back of their head, so that if mm-hmm. I can't, if I can't, you know, if I don't want a loop or can't ADR or you know something like that. That at least I can cut to the back of someone's head and put the line in. Um, I forgot what else I was going to say. There's a few other things that I, <laughs> I always try and make sure that I do. Oh, and record whatever sound comes up. So if if in the middle of my scene somebody turns on a garbage disposal in the other room, you know I'll go well, just go get some wilds, You know go record the garbage disposal. Or um, this happened the other day where they didn't record. There was a, there was an air conditioning that started. And it would go on and off, and it was on, and so they would cut. You know, they go cut for. The, and I, I asked the sound guy the next day. I said, "Well, you did go record the, uh, the, the. You got some wild sound of that air conditioner coming on and off." He goes, "No, I didn't." uh I said, "Well, maybe we can get back into the location and record it, but uh, we weren't able to." But I, I always mm-hmm. want to have even the problems there, so that if I, I have to, I can, I can, you know, uh, have have the clean problem.
0: Yeah, it's always record. I have a, a, a Zoom, the the Z4N, I think it's called, and it's a a great little device, very cheap for what it does, and it records wonderful sound, and I use it a lot to uh, record ambiences and sound effects around me, especially when I travel. Uh-huh. Because there is, I have a huge library of about three terabytes of sound effects,
1: Oh,
0: that's so cool. um and but there's always the missing sound. And I end up when uh, when I work on a movie that has great production, uh, that's why I have a big library, is I go in and say, Oh, this is a great door, oh this is a great car and I go in and and I cut it out and I edit it and I put it part of my library because to put the the production makes I recorded it right and now it's part of uh, my effects. Um also another that I've done on a fair amount of movies now. Um, I'm doing ADR with the iPhone. Um, most people have iPhones uh-huh. or devices similar. And if an actor is not available, uh, we. Were, I was doing, um, I was working on a movie Vamps with Alicia Silverstone. And one of the actors is actually in England, and we had some uh, 10 PDR to do. So we just sent him an email saying, hey, this is what you need to say. Uh, and we sent him a quick time of it, or at least the audio. Um, and the actor with his iPhone just repeated the lines that he, he heard on the quick time, and he sent that to me, and I placed it in a movie, and it's the ADR.
1: Wow. So wow! That,
0: that Yeah, that worked very, very well.
1: Wow, well that's 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 cool. What uh, what what app are they using? They're just using the voice recorder.
0: It's called Voice Memo.
1: Voice Memo, yeah, right, okay.
0: And um, I think it's 44 16 bit, which is totally acceptable. And if it's done right in 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 the right uh, in the right room, um, even like a closet, if uh, I did that with Sean um, too with uh, Christopher Christopher, who play My, who plays Milo in the film. He couldn't, he's in, um, on the East Coast, and I told him, go in your closet uh, with your laptop and um, watch the picture and just repeat the lines into the iPhone three times. So he played it, said the line three times to get the rhythm, and he sent that to me, and it's in the movie right now.
1: Oh, wow, well, how cool. How cool is that? iPhone saving it's, the day.
0: <laughs> closet closet
1: post. <laughs> closet closet <laughs> yeah. post. There you go. <laughs> Well, that's very yeah,
0: that's, cool. They, when you kind of bring the actors back we ha- we had to find a way and that was the best way
1: wow well, that's very cool we have only a few minutes left maybe 3 minutes or so left why do not you give us a, a little bit of an idea of what you got coming up and and what you're doing and
0: uh coming up um um great projects um actually I'm going to go on my website to uh on my website, uh, to IMDB, because there's some projects that... Um, there's one that I've been waiting for, Unfortunately, It's uh, called uh, Nikola Tesla Project. It's uh, produced by my friend Vladimir Ratchik, and that will be shooting in Serbia sometime soon, I hope. Uh, and I'll be on the set to record some sound and stuff. So, so that's the big project.
1: Nicole, did you say it's a Nikola Tesla
0: yeah, it's called Entitled Nikola Tesla Project right now. Um, so I'm, I don't know the exact title yet, but yeah, that will be a big project for me. Hopefully this will happen this year. Um, and then uh, there is a some projects in the air. One is called The Gila Monster, um, direct, directed by my friend Jim, Jim Um CGI, very sci-fi movie. Uh, that's that should be coming very very soon. Um, another independent film called Virtual Heroes, based on a video game, and we started on this one. That should be interesting. Um, it's a movie that is that was shot around stock footage of a Vietnamese movie. <laughs> so it's it's a movie you know it's a video game uh, into a movie. It's uh, really funny. Um, and then what else is coming? Uh, my friend John Patch is finishing a movie called Route 30 Part 2. And actually I'm getting the elements uh, as we speak. Uh, John Patch is also a great filmmaker, actor, uh, in love with sound. He's very meticulous about everything. I love working with him. And then I just about to be finished with a major Chinese movie called Sen He um, that is a fully animated film for China and uh, we're just finishing the mix this week. So, that, and, and animation is another beast. We, that should be another show.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because uh we've we've had uh, recently too we've had a producer on who produced Magnum Farce and uh, his name is Ken Mora and and animation talking about that but to be able to talk about behind the scenes and, and the uh, sound work you do for animation uh, definitely is another show.
0: It's extremely difficult actually to do a 3D uh, not 3D um, a CGI movie because there is no production so everything has to be created and it has to sound right otherwise it's it's a great challenge. We, we we spent about three months on that
1: film. Wow. Well, I certainly appreciate you being here. It's good to uh, to talk with you on air again and to uh, listen to uh, your wisdom and your expertise in, in the world of audio and sound in, in motion pictures and television. I appreciate it so much. And uh, well, I can't you. wait until we do it again and until we do it in person
0: yeah no uh, next show we should do it for my studio how's that and uh, live on yeah that would be
1: cool straight we maybe we, maybe we can make that happen actually so uh yeah um but uh, I do i wanna thank you and again your your website is virtualmix.com.
0: dot com and, yeah i'm a, I'm also on facebook uh i post a lot of stuff uh of w- when i work pictures and usually lots of pictures and activities. On Facebook, I'm not on Twitter. I, one one uh, social network is enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so true, actually. Um, but yeah, and so they can look you up on on uh, on Facebook as well. And uh, I just really, again, thank you for being here. I'll call you in a few minutes just to just, just to say um, so long for the day. But uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for being on uh, the show today, and uh, look forward to the future shows.
0: Thank you, Rex. It was a great pleasure, and thank you for everybody for listening. And uh, uh, I'll uh, I'll be there for the next show. I love talking about sound, and I like uh, people who love sound. It's uh, it's a wonderful thing. All
1: right, thanks so much, Patrick. Thank you, Rex. All right, Uh, fascinating guest, Mr. Patrick Girardi. Uh, virtualmix.com, also on Facebook. I want to thank him, and I want to thank you, the readers and listeners of Movie Beat. we got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so be sure to stay tuned. But as I said, uh, that information is going to be forthcoming on Facebook. It will be forthcoming on Rex Hikes Movie Beat, the com. But uh, the entire uh, Rex Hikes Movie Beat uh, website is under new construction. It's still there. The old one is still there, the new one is is coming, so I'm not sure when that launch will be uh, but uh, just to give you a heads up so stay tuned and please keep sharing the website and these interviews with all your friends and your contacts um, you know rate and review these interviews uh at the iTunes store because they're all available as podcasts. Leave comments before you go away uh, from listening to the The show today. Leave a comment. Uh, It helps us get the word out to other people. It enhances our presence on the internet, and uh, we really appreciate it when you do. Uh, You can become a friend of Rexyke's Movie Beat on Facebook by clicking the like button at Rexyke's Movie Beat on Facebook. You can also, uh, I have a profile, but I've got too many friends; they don't let me accept anymore. So go to Rexyke's Movie Beat on Facebook. I'm on Twitter it's Rex Eichs Movie BT. The last word is abbreviated Rex Eichs Movie BT on Twitter. And um uh, film I'm directing right now is Serum the movie. It's S E R U M, Serum like Truth Serum, Serum the movie on Facebook, you go and, and like our page there, become a friend and follow us. We got behind the scenes video of me directing, of people acting, of our production team doing all the cruel things that they do. So be sure to check that out. We've got some teaser footage from the different days of shooting, uh some outtakes and some funny things, lots of photographs. So see Joe go check out Serum the Movie at Facebook. It's also Serum the Movie at Twitter. And uh, so you can follow us there. All right, everybody, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.